meet them where they are at and people are so well equipped to um, initiate their own healing journeys. We're accepted beyond all except that we don't have to work, we don't have to try and do anything, we just are accepted, we don't yeah. have to pay a price yeah. or anything. Free Falling with the coach and the counsellor Daryl and Beck. Making sense of connection, spirituality and being human. Let's talk about coping mechanisms, baby. <laughs> wow, is that how you want to do that? We can do that. That's great. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> Let's talk about all the helpful and unhelpful things that may be. Let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that works. Great. How many people did we just lose right after those few seconds, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Let's no. just, well, for those of you that are still with us, hi. G'day. We're talking about coping mechanisms, apparently. How are you coping? <laughs> yeah, such a strange word, isn't it? Coping. And I suppose there's a whole range of coping as in how you manage stuff and how you hmm. deal with stuff in life. And yeah, how you set yourself up so that you're still alive the next yeah. day and you're still, yeah. still around. Yeah, that's right. We're pretty amazing as humans, aren't we, in that way? We really are. I think our last episode was a bit of a soapbox issue for you. Yeah. And I guess this is kind of one that's for me because I hear so much judgment and mm. negativity around some of the coping mechanisms that people choose yeah. to employ for being human. Yeah. <laughs> To help them be human and to cope with the sometimes truly shitty experiences and traumatic experiences and horrible things that can happen to us in yeah. life. And, and there's so much judgment for them, whether it's things like substance use or yeah. misuse mm -hmm. or eating disorders or addictions or all these sorts of things. Or even the way our brains structure and form and the way our psychology and personality forms, people can see it in really negative ways, but actually I think we are incredible. We are incredible the way that we are put together and the way that we are able to protect ourselves from things that are too painful to face at the time. Mm. And I think with any coping mechanism, they work until they no longer until work, they <laughs> until yeah. they no longer work. And then it is up to the individual to address that and they usually seek help but up to that point it's none of your fucking business yeah. it might affect your life i'm yeah. absolutely not um denying that it is very hard to live with someone who is battling with addiction or choosing to numb their own pain in a way that causes pain to others that is not to be excused it is not an acceptable form of collateral damage yeah and that's and it just means so, oh. In our society, often we would separate out and we've um, looked down on a group of people that might choose this particular set of coping strategies. Right. Or even... Or even not choose, have yeah, them thrust upon them by right. their own psychology and biology. Yeah. And yeah. like we know that our formative years, even mm. up to six and seven, we're kind of working out what to do with life and how we'll approach life. Absolutely. And often the decisions we make when we're six and seven are the ones that we're actually still living out when That's we're right. in our 30s, 40s and 50s. And even 
not even decisions we make, just things yeah. that our oh, bodies just that's it. just do at that age. And the things that work. You exactly. Do, you do what works. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. pretty amazing, isn't it? Like, so even now, like here we are sitting down having a nice little chat, <laughs> but we've all developed those coping strategies in different ways. Yeah. It's not, it's not foreign to any of the human yeah. race. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And you and I had an interesting chat the other week after recording one of our podcasts. It was just this moment in chat and we were talking about vulnerability and how sometimes even that can be used as a coping mechanism. And that sounds really strange to some people, but if I apply it to myself, I have kind of up to this point in my life built a bit of a brand around extreme vulnerability. So I used to have a blog and I would share so much of my life and put so much of myself out there into, you know, the sphere. Yeah, that's right. Or the flat, if you're a flat earther, we love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get you, but no, some of us get you more Yeah. Well, you know, or hollow earth or all, you know, it's great. I love that. Investigate everything, question everything. Um, back on track. Vulnerability. Yeah. So I, I would put so much of myself out there and I was, I was really kind of praised for that. Like, oh my goodness, you're so vulnerable. That's so brave. That's incredible. And it was only after a few years of doing this <laughs> that I realized it was actually a form of control for me. It was yeah. controlling the way other people could perceive me. Because if I already tell you the ugliest, most horrible parts of myself, you can't judge me on them. I don't care if you judge me because I've already put it out there. Yeah. I've controlled the information that you're receiving about me. And I realized that that was a really cool coping mechanism for me. It may help me make connections mm. with people that I wouldn't have been able to. It, it helped validate me in a time that I needed and was even empowering until it wasn't. Yeah. Until I felt exposed and naked and raw in front of people who didn't um, either know how to take it or receive it well or you know like you can never control the way people are going to perceive you it's you know folly to think otherwise but yeah that was interesting for me to assess that and reflect yeah. on it that so it's, yeah, even something song. positive yeah can yeah can be a way of managing your world yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. and making sense of it yeah. I, yeah so for me i can remember <laughs> i would describe myself and that is as a shy person. Mm. And I remember reading, was that Larry Crabb book? And he's a kind of a, a Christian psychologist, mm. probably quite prolific in writing it in the 70s and 80s. Around that time with probably a lot of his books, there's some around now. Mm. But one of the points he was making was that something like shyness is actually, again, it is a coping mechanism. Mm. It is a way of presenting the world. So, mm. in fact, in his eyes, he's actually calling it sin because it's a, it's a reliance on ourself and our own mechanism right. for dealing with ourselves. Yeah. But let's look at it in the world we live in. Mm. It's definitely a coping mechanism. For and sure. it's a way that I protected myself from other people, mm. from potential rejection, mm. just by 
feeling and my body was doing it in that mm. sense so I would feel like I couldn't go into a space and talk to somebody right. that I didn't know yeah or I couldn't like there's like 100 people around. I can't I've got to go I'll just go and sit in the corner like I've any move towards somebody else would be this intense fear would well up yeah wow. kind of thing. I'd try and pick up a phone to talk to talk to a girl Ooh. yeah and Ooh. and like I would I would sit by the phone for like two hours oh. trying to will myself to pick it up yeah. and have a conversation with her because of this fear of rejection and this I suppose you could call it shyness in that sense mm. but again it was as you're talking about just a way of protecting myself yeah yeah and as a personality thing and now I would still say that I have moments of those shyness but it is something now that I can say I see you yeah yeah <laughs> and I'm, I choose now that doesn't serve me anymore that's as well. right so yeah I and I have to that. say I'm kind of smack this okay this is a moment of vulnerability for me i'm smack bang in the middle of realizing that one of my coping mechanisms is no longer working for me yeah. i am very overweight at the moment um about 30 kilos more than um is healthy and more than i would like to be and my body no matter what i have been doing exercise or you know all sorts of things just refuses to release the fat and you know people can judge that however they want or you're not doing right or not like whatever that's fine that's your opinion but me personally I have come to a place of realizing I am this way because my body wants to be that way because that's how it feels safe okay. because for the last 20 years that is how I have uh, made me feel safe within my own body after traumatic experiences and you know my body had become an unsafe space and I remember so I fell pregnant with my first child at 19 and I remember I hit about six months pregnant and I was lying I still lived at home in a little single bed <laughs> lying in a little single bed and um, I rolled over onto my side and was holding my belly and for the first time in my life I felt so safe mm. so secure so calm and truly relaxed in my own body which is so strange when you're 19 you have what is essentially a parasite growing inside you feeding off you know your everything and causing your emotions and everything to go absolutely crazy but I about a year ago I was lying in bed and I rolled onto my side and my tummy I found myself like just wrapping my arms around my tummy and I was like whoa and for 20 years, mm. I have been relying on that feeling of that extra weight around my middle that has kept me safe. And it's only now that I'm like, actually, it's no longer safe for me. It's no longer healthy for me. It's no longer um, doing what it did for so long, which was protect me and keep potential predators away that's right yeah Yeah. exactly and yet it's only very recent that i'm like no this is holding me back this is preventing me from living my life the way that i want to and i don't think it's going to be a quick fix i like i'm seeing results slowly really slow but it's staying off it's not going back on no one else is noticing it's coming off because it's taking so long that's actually a really good thing for me because as soon as people start commenting i'm like no 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 please don't 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 so our minds come up with these ways 
to protect us and they're not always rational and they don't make sense to other people but they work until they no longer work and unless you have walked in someone's shoes you don't get to Mm. you know necessarily comment and I, I guess for so long I'd been told things like well, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and you need to this and we honor our bodies by doing this. And really it just piled shame upon the shame that already existed there. Yeah. Like not helpful. No, Thanks no. anyway. And again, like if we go back to that, these strategies and coping mechanisms that we develop, they're, they're universal, aren't they? Mm. they? They do apply to anyone. Mm. Mm. And what we do with our judgment mm. is basically we're judging ourselves as yeah. much as we're judging anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, so again, for people who might be new to listening, we talk a lot about our experience in evangelical fundamental churches and Christianity and, and moving away from that. And so for me as a kid, I mentioned like my mum was super interested in deliverance ministry and deliverance from occult stuff. And we'd go to a lot of seminars and things about kind of getting rid of evil spirits. And back then the big thing was split personality disorder, which we now know is DID, dissociative identity disorder. And for so long, this incredible condition had been, you know, either said it didn't exist there's still many people that believe it doesn't exist or um that it was just demonic oppression all these little demons running around that's right and creating these new personalities and taking over the brain and you know coming to the yeah yeah. like the exorcist it's just so fucking disrespectful for one and so ignorant and arrogant and i now have the hugest respect for um, people living with this condition because their brain has come up with a truly unique, genius way of dealing with truly horrific stuff that has happened to them that they have not been able to face at the time. And it is to be in a lot of ways admired that the brain is so complex that it came up with a way to protect that individual from trauma at a time when they needed it and there is an incredible interview that I would really recommend people watch it is with Jenny Haynes and she um, appeared on 60 Minutes you can find it on YouTube and she had had horrific abuse in her childhood from her dad and she's now testified and he's in jail and her story is just quite profound and she was really blessed to be met with people who believed her who saw her for who she was and allowed her to be who she was and she knows and thanks those personalities that have served her and now she's hoping to heal and at the end of her interview the interviewer says to her you know do you have anything to say to those personalities I'm gonna cry here because it's really quite profound and she says something along the lines of thank you but you can stand down now like we're good like and that's just so powerful that like it worked and now she's finding that maybe even though she had no control over how those personalities developed yeah 
now they're no longer needed and she's able to come up with new strategies and she's starting and she's just a phenomenal woman. Like she, mm. she's an incredible person. Just talk, talk me through just briefly just how this mechanism kind of looks like as it's working. Do you know what I mean? Like so an example, say abuse happens. Mm-hmm. What happens in the brain then and what? Gosh, I'm in no way qualified to speak on this properly. I'm not a psychiatrist. I guess really in the simplest form. That's what we want. (laughs) Well, it's the only way, yeah, Yeah. that I can understand it is a traumatic event is taking place Mm. and the main personality of who the person is cannot cope with it. And so the brain finds a way to protect them from this trauma and then kind of adds a new a new kind of personality that stands as like a guard and then sometimes in day-to-day life a person will be triggered by an emotion or a situation and that guard that guard personality comes to the forefront and and please if someone else would like to explain this comment like i'm not i'm not standing here as some sort of professional on this at all it's just a layman's understanding yeah. of what happens in but this so that's just quite an evolved coping mechanism then and i suppose most of the most of ours are aren't they in yeah the way we do our lives really i just think they're brilliant and so i think for so long and not for so long because right now as as the world sees it and particularly as the church sees it it's sin mm. it's like this sinful way of not and we've got to battle it yeah else. that's right yeah and it it does untold damage to yeah. the individual if you try to rip away these things that have been working and leave a person just suspended with nothing and it it also like looking at that example like even the way that you've finished her story by saying that she thanked her parts and and they could stand down Mm. that is almost a model of how really we can be dealing with our own stuff Mm. it's no longer absolutely absolutely and that is not that is not a commonplace understanding of how to tackle our demons so yeah speak, truly i've not actually heard it i'm sure this stuff exists but i've not actually heard it as like a model of healing i just know that it works in my life and every single time that i have found something that's no longer working for me i can jump to shame about that and feeling mm. guilty and like oh why didn't i know better or i can say thanks beck Thank you for doing the best you knew how to do at the time with the tools that were available to you and truly stop and honor those parts of myself that did the best that they could. And it helps me when I look back on my parenting failures, when they have occurred on marriage things, all sorts of things in my life that no longer worked but they worked for a time and to meet them with shame and condemnation just doesn't work but to thank them and move forward means you've acknowledged your journey thus far and you're choosing to honor it and now move on to the next Mm. and you're able to do that in a way that is bringing about healing and I think it also helps if we can apply that to other people I know in my life the people that have hurt me I am able to truly come to a place of forgiving them 
because I understand what led them to that they're not just nasty pieces of work no that they are just doing the best that they could at the time with the tools that were available to them and I don't think for the most part people were trying to hurt me or cause deliberate damage it was just a byproduct of their own hurt and heartbreak and disappointment and you know things that have been thrust upon them ways of coping yeah absolutely mm. yeah and that is a so often there's a big thing here i think that's not common understanding and that you can talk about it within the church but also anywhere when where someone is trying to change a way of doing things in their yeah. life where the common way to do it is to try and discipline it out of mm. yourself or mm. to try harder mm -hmm. And that yeah. really doesn't it doesn't doesn't work, does it? So, it doesn't work. Or or to blame yourself or to be hard yourself, whip yourself on the back yeah. or yeah. Um, all of those other kind of things, or just really be really nasty to yourself. Mm. And that's not gonna move you forward, eh? It doesn't at all. <laughs> if someone comes to you struggling with an addiction or say like let's say a drinking problem, that's not they're not telling you that because they need you to tell them oh yeah that's not unhealthy yeah, they're telling well, you yeah. they're telling you that because um they've identified it yeah. themselves as something that has become problematic for them yeah for me to judge at that point is completely pointless because they've already come to a conclusion that's themselves so yeah. what do they need from me just to hear them mm -hmm. that's it and then they will know what is best for them next and I'm happy to walk alongside them or support them in what they but also acknowledge that um it helped you for a bit yeah great and, and yes it maybe it caused more problems than it solved yeah that's fine too mm. because now you've acknowledged it and you've identified it yourself yeah and and I suppose it is you know in the way that we've been talking in this episode to talk about it as a coping mechanism mm. and recognizing it as that so it's not just a nasty behavior that has to be exorcised yeah so, yeah. so what need is that meeting in you and how would you like to do it differently yeah i have no tolerance anymore for people that want to quick fix people out of situations yeah. and come up with all these solutions of how they can stop do this and that yeah one two three four exactly yeah. i just i don't have the time for it anymore my 17 year old daughter we were having having a discussion and she was making some life choices that i didn't necessarily agree with it was nothing dramatic it was just you know around scheduling and stuff and she said to me if you are going to lecture me I just need to stop you. You need to save it because today, mum, I just don't have the ears for it. And it's like my favourite thing ever. <laughs> I don't have the ears for it. And she wasn't being disrespectful. She was just tired. She's like, I just don't. Not today. I love it. Now I'm a bit more sassy with it. I'm like, I don't have the ears for it. I don't like fuck off with your opinions on how people should be doing things and just let them, let them 
come to a place of healing by themselves, meet them where they are at. And Mm. people are so well equipped to um, initiate their own healing journeys. It may take a really shitty circumstance to kickstart that or a rock bottom moment as many people you know, like to talk about or Mm. think someone needs to get to, whatever it takes, there'll be a catalyst and that's when they know they're ready to heal. And until that happens, just be quiet. Yeah, yeah. Don't have the mouth for it, please. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the ears for it. You can not have the mouth for it. I was reading in a book, this is about talking about people who I suppose you could say they're depressed Mm -hmm. or anxious or something like that Mm -hmm. because they're totally the same thing (laughs) depressed or anxious or something like that but there was a point where they saw anxiety say Mm -hmm. or depression Mm -hmm. say (laughs) yeah as a disease Mm -hmm. so when these doctors were talking about anxiety or depression as a disease Mm -hmm. they basically othered yeah the person Mm -hmm. so that's it well they've got this disease and they treated them differently yes so so they became worse off because they're not Mm -hmm. like me anymore Mm -hmm. they're not yeah exactly yes and um i love where you're going very very dangerous way Mm -hmm. to look at the world Mm -hmm. but certainly look at the people that is you're supposed to be a support for (laughs) 100 percent. yeah we love to see other people as different from us and we love to make the assumption that given the same circumstances and being put in the same position that we would choose differently i'd Mm. do better i'm strong-willed i have self-control how great good for you you have not (laughs) any basis because you haven't walked in their shoes you have not lived their life and even if you had you will never see it the same way they have because you have a different chemical makeup you have a different everything every single experience is different and until until you've had the same experience which you never can you just don't get so that's that's the other i suppose that othering is also what happens when we judge people so Mm. that's you know we might say addictions is one area but you could also look at just someone who's angry all the time Mm. or someone who acts like a dick you know yeah yeah <laughs> someone who pushes in front of you in a queue or yeah. plays loud music next door you yeah. know like um, yeah there's other obnoxious behaviors that then will judge a person and well let's say somebody there's more extreme of course but somebody murders somebody yeah and we think that's not in our in our yeah realm of absolutely behavior we could not possibly exactly do that, which is kind of what you were saying before oh, and as soon as we do that we have completely othered them and we've set ourselves up as something different and we have turned people, yeah. yeah and we've turned them into a monster yeah and instead of a human to meet with and commune with and learn from and i think that's another really big thing i think we often assume for people who are struggling that they don't have anything to teach us about life bullshit (laughs) they have so much that we can glean from if we just shut up and listen to their story and there is such a different and vast way of looking at the world from every single person you meet and that's a really profound thing and we blow it 
every single time we step into a relationship or an encounter with someone and think that we have something coming in above yeah yeah Yeah. and i think parents make the same step i do it too i have to catch myself Mm. constantly and remember that for as much as i can teach my kids i'm going to learn a hundredfold from them about the world about the way things work they they have so much to teach me Mm. and you're saying you've talked about this before but also in that therapeutic relationship yeah it's as you'll you gain as much out of that or it is about that kind of connection and it's in that relationship that change happens so it's not because you did something no there's no magic solution i'm so passionate about this i could talk about this for hours and hours but i'm so passionate about the fact that when two people come together you create a really unique space and change happens within that dynamic of trust and within that co-creation you become co-creators of a new thing and a space together and i've seen my job as a counselor to just humbly truly humbly not like platitude like just really sit with you i want to know what it is like to be in your world and i'm just going to sit here and listen to you describe that for me because i am genuinely curious what is it like to be you who how are you seeing the world what is making you scared what is making you happy what makes you feel empowered that's just such a precious precious Mm. gift and i i might have some training and i might have some experience but i have absolutely nothing to offer you at all except the space that we're creating together and then we'll see what happens yeah like wow yeah it's been said so many times even in the arena of coaching that there's a whole bunch of different modalities and and of ways of approaching yeah but and ways of getting someone to a certain point or outcome yeah but so often it comes back as you either debrief or look at the how how and when or whatever the change happened it's actually because of the relationship it's got nothing to do with the modality at all (laughs) 100 percent. yeah it's so strange isn't it and definitely there are some personalities that work really well within a framework and work really well within a set modality but they're probably better off seeing someone else (laughs) because i don't (laughs) and so i'm not the i'm not the person for you (laughs) yeah that's right that's right yeah but i just think we really need to empower people to step into the fullness of who they are and Mm. my all-time favorite movie and massive spoiler alert so you've been warned is moana and Yes, it's a children's cartoon, but gosh, the truth bombs that that thing drops. My mm. goodness, I spent the entire time in the cinema bawling my eyes out. My kids were like, do we have to go to these places <laughs> with her in public? Can, Dad, can you just take us next? And I'm like sobbing in the and like hitting them like, did you see that? Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, Mum, we get it. Great. But Moana... You know, she she meets this fiery demon character who used to be a goddess and but has turned because she she had her and... heart ripped out and yeah. yeah, there's this tiny, tiny little girl, Moana, who, you know, has been told she needs to follow this certain path, but she's like, No, I'm gonna go with my heart and my calling and she encounters this fiery 
monster demon thing and she looks oh here we go again with the tears <laughs> she looks it dead in the eyes and she says i know who you are i'm gonna sit with you i'm falling now i'm gonna sit with you i'm gonna see you for who you truly are and transformation happens <laughs> this monster becomes who they originally were like the intention should, when you sit with someone should not be that I'm going to see you so well that you become who you were supposed to yeah. be because again that's putting an agenda on that yeah. yeah that's putting an agenda on it and it's making you an expert but when you truly put all that aside and see someone how can change not happen yeah. how does ch how does change not occur yeah. in you and the other person yeah. you leave that encounter completely fucking transformed you will yep. never be the same again and i love those spaces i love creating those moments and mm. i'm yelling now and i'm <laughs> crying <laughs> i'm just a big mess and i've talked a lot and my <laughs> i think also you know in its purest place when we imagine god that's the core of who God is, isn't it? Fucking yes. Yes. And we, we kind of don't get that. We think, oh, this God is the person or, you know, being mm. who changes things, mm. who twists circumstances, mm. who intervenes and does all these things. Manipulates or doesn't intervene yeah. or leaves you floundering. Or, yeah. yeah, but it's, it's this being's fault. But really the profound nature of God mm. is that, space and that unconditional acceptance or that way of seeing right to a person's heart yeah and accept accepting them or seeing their true nature or whatever it is or mm. however you want to say that's where the transformation can be when there's that kind of connection and that's what's going to change the world yeah <laughs> now i'm yeah. talking about changing and you're going uh, <laughs> no 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 it's that, that yeah that is, that is the creative force, mm. the creative part yeah. of God that is seeing, yeah. seeing that He loves so much. He's, yeah, He loved the world so yeah. much. You know that yeah. that He wanted to show us that right. that's the way that yeah. life is. That yeah, we're accepted beyond all except that we don't have to work, we don't have to try and do anything. We just are accepted. We don't yeah. have to pay a price yeah. or anything like that. And there's no time limit on this. Like. Yeah. We, we sometimes think that, you know, we're going to spend a few hours, a few weeks, a few months with a person. We're going to sit with them and see them and, and this change is going to happen. No, you may, you may, you, the person spending the time with the person, you may never get to see that change, but maybe something was sparked in the yeah. beginning of it. It's all just fluid and unique and... You can't be put into a modality and it can't be, you know, outcome driven. It just... Stuck down into seven yep, points. It takes as long as it takes. And gosh, I hate that. I hate and that answer. And sometimes a miracle happens though, isn't it? Sometimes right? it does. Yeah. Yep. It really, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I, so I'll come back to, I, I suppose our big picture for anyone is not being counselled or not being coached or anything like that but working through some stuff mm. and who are maybe also perhaps a little bit judgy about people that yeah. 
are not like you or have other problems that you just don't associate with at mm. all, that we really are all the same stuff. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. And as as you've been talking about, that we are so amazing in how we've adapted our coping mechanisms mm. and, and strategized to survive in the world, mm. come up with such creative yeah. solutions to ways of being that allow us to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Not always what we'd choose now if we look back. But That's right. But, <laughs> but with what we had. Exactly. With what we had at the time. Yeah. We and did the best we could. Yeah. There has to be, for as much as as much grace as I hope we can extend to one another, I always hope that we can extend it to ourselves. Mm, and sometimes that is sometimes hardest in forgiving ourselves as well. So that's that whole judgment piece as well, isn't mm. it? Where we judge others, we judge ourselves, but in fact there's no room in that sense yeah. for, for judging and you had that, sorry, just going back, yeah. the little Graham Long story of the photo. Ah, oh, so Graham Long is, I'm going to call him a friend of mine. There there you go. I'm name dropping Graham Long. Hi. He's an author. He's an incredible man. He's a um, minister and he was the reverend and CEO of Wayside Chapel until quite recently. He's just a phenomenal person. But um, when he was at the Wayside Chapel, he wrote, this has got to be like five years ago. They have a weekly email called The Inner Circle. And he wrote a line that just messed me up. And I turned it into a quote. And it's been my Facebook cover story for years. He said, you can't hate a whole person. The only way you can hate a whole person is by taking a photo and calling it the movie. Just wow. Mm. Like you see a single snapshot of a person and then we, we decide that's who they are. Yeah. They're not. That's just the glimpse we see at that moment. It may not even be a true projection that they're projecting into the world. Like yeah. we yeah. just don't know. Yeah. And the thing we do know and this is that presupposition that probably drives a lot of our conversation in that sense, that we, each human, mm. is basically good. Mm. Yeah. And we can do another whole thing. Yeah, on for that. sure. <laughs> for sure. We are basically good. So, you know, when we judge and say, you're no good, mm. or that's an evil person. Mm. No, no, no. Come back. Come back. God made good things, good yeah. people. Yeah. So basically somewhere in there, there is good, as Moana points out as well. Yeah, there's who I see. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. the real. Wow. It's huge. 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 <laughs> now we've ruined it. <laughs> G'day, Daryl and Beck. This is Bill Pappas. As you know, probably a bit over 15 years ago, I came out of the, uh, let's say, the church closet, as they say. Um, yeah, I left the church and uh, the best thing I ever did, it really set me free spiritually, really opened my eyes to uh, really understanding what God is all about and, um, you know, understanding that, that there are no boundaries to God. God is, is actually really love and uh, He does love everybody and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big journey. You get to a point where you just realise that, you know, we're all in this together, as they say. But anyway, look, congratulations. Uh, I wish you all the best and uh, look forward to hearing your other podcasts. Don't forget 
to subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast app. Like our Facebook page and even make a comment. We'd love to hear your story. And look, if other people come to mind who might get something out of our little chats, tell them about us. With your help, we look forward to building a wonderful, supportive community together.